Hi everyone, welcome to the Future Skills Podcast. It's episode one in our first series, Be Inspired. Today, our guest on the podcast is owner and director of Universal Skills, Daniel Coleman. We're going to be looking back on Danny's career and having a look how he got involved in the training industry. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Dan. Good to be on. Really keen to get you on for our first episode, Future Skills uh, podcast that we're launching. I think um, your story is really inspirational in the training industry, and I think it'd be good for other people to understand that. So how did things start for a young Daniel Coleman? <laughs> Taking me back now. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> how far back do you want me to go? <laughs> I think starting out, really, I think, you know, the inspirational stories that we want to focus on um, yeah. of this first series is, you know, how did people start off in work? You know, where did you start? How did yeah. you start in your working life? It was, it was a bit mad for me, to be honest. I mean, I think, I think a lot of it comes from your upbringing in terms of, uh, you know, your parents and sort of friends. And I think, I think my sort of parents... Uh, you know, and friends of are still doing the same things as they was sort of twenty years ago, which is great. But that that that's all I sort of knew, and I was I was always very inquisitive, me growing up, and and wondering, well, how do I do this, and why can why can't I do that? So I think, in fairness, it wasn't till sort of mid to late twenties till I got into sort of construction, so I fell into a a, a labouring job working with uh, some plasterers and then from there I started plastering and found my thing that I thought, I love this. You know, this is, this is amazing. Uh, again, our friends in the construction industry still do. I loved it, you know, and, and I was happy to do that. So sort of qualified, got myself qualified as, as a plasterer uh, and, and loved doing that. But, the, the main thing for me was a few years in that <laughs> the aches and pains that were starting. So, you know, I, I was always thinking, I can't do this forever. So what, what else could I do? You know, and over the time I was plastering, I, I did have a couple of apprentices, which sort of was really fulfilling in terms of, you know, giving somebody a skill, teaching them a skill and then seeing them progress. You know, a couple of lads who, I had as uh, apprentices and now, you know, running successful businesses. So it sort of led me to teaching, wanting to sort of give something back. And from there, really, I, I got an opportunity with uh, the Manchester College to teach and absolutely loved, you know, everything about that. I was, I was sort of apprehensive, like thinking, you know, have I got the skills to do this? Obviously, <laughs> coming from plastering to, to like thinking, oh, I'm working at a college, you know, am I good enough? And, you know, do I have the skills? And, you know, I'm a sort of winging it. All this kind of thing starts going through your head. And, uh, you know, I just thought one thing I always do is, is give, give things a try. So I give it a try. And, and literally from starting at the college, from not being able to really switch on a computer and... <laughs> because I've never really been on a computer at the time, you know, never needed to. And literally, it was like starting from scratch. So when I started at college, I was like made it my mission to, you know, understand how to put a PowerPoint together and 
you know, how to get the best out of the sessions that we're going to deliver. So I did put a lot of time in. And over the time I was up at the college, I did uh, a two-year sort of certain degree. So, you know, uh, a degree in teaching, basically. Uh, I did like a CAD course, I did my air units. I, you know, I really worked hard for, for two to three years trying to get my skills up there because, you know, I just wasn't comfortable, you know, standing there in front of people, not knowing what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. You want to be the best so, yeah, so two, two years to do the Sir Ted. So even though I was at Manchester College, we actually did it through Huddersfield University. So it was like, you know, the college uh, supported it. And, and one day a week, we went over to a campus uh, and had the delivery in Manchester, but it was in partnership with Huddersfield. Uh, so, yeah, no, we did, we did that over two years. And, uh, you know, for me, I, I, I always want, you know, I want to make things better. You know, if, if something's not right, I'm like always thinking, right, can we do that better? So the more confident I got, the more stuff I learned. I wanted to incorporate things with the with the training. So I actually went to the head of division at the college with this idea of doing this curriculum, which was like uh, the building of a house, you know. So basically, you, you had all these divisions in the college. So you had, you know, your brickwork, your joinery, your plumbing, your plastering, all these sort of different trades. Yeah, the, the curriculum was quite disjointed. So basically the idea I came up with was, well, if we had a journey from building a house, from literally sourcing the land to, you know, digging footings and putting services in to actually uh, going through each process of building a house, at some point in that journey, everybody's involved. You know, so basically plastering, isn't so sort of the back end, you know, but before that, what actually happens, what happens before I come in and then what happens after I've been in, you know? So the curriculum idea was to, to build this progress on so that everybody could use this curriculum. And, you know, I spent a lot of time, did a hell of a lot of work putting it together and it never really sort of took off in terms of uh, the support from the college. You know, there wasn't the resources and the money to put into it. And it was a bit disheartening, you know, really was disheartening. the reason why uh, you decided to, to, to go into training yourself with that? Yeah, well, part of it, yeah. I mean, the, the, the thing is for me that the satisfaction is through helping people. Uh, it did seem a little bit that the satisfaction for the college was getting the, the monetary value of learners. And, you know, it, it's without sort of, you know, Slagging the college off, I wouldn't do that because it was a, it was a great place while I was there. It, it, the, the process is is wrong in my in my eyes. You know, uh, I remember that the, the turning point for me was when we had uh, like a, an open day, so you got all your new starters coming in in September for the academic year. That process was basically like herding cattle. You know, you, everybody was pushed into a room where. You do initial assessments and then from your initial assessment she was like okay you've got level two level two which is academically really good so you want to be a gas engineer uh you're you're entry level one or entry level three so you want to be a bricklayer you know and, and you were basically pushed in the direction based on your academic levels with no consideration of you know it, it's a trade so hand skills or you know anything else and, and basically, I was in a classroom with sort of 16 kids, 18 kids, 
and then basically they'd signed up for a two-year course in plastering and they didn't even know what plastering was you know <laughs> so how, how can you sign up for a two-year course and not even know what it is yeah. uh, and, and you'd think well who'd do that well um, that's what happens you know yeah. so basically i started reverse engineering the process so start from the end so the, the the first session we had i got everybody together and i said listen you've all signed up you know for a two-year course to become plasterers which is amazing you know it's the best trade and all that and uh i said i'm gonna actually show you now what you'll be able to achieve in two years in terms of the skills you're gonna you know the skills you're gonna learn and 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 the money you can make through jobs that you can do etc so i put a dvd on and it was a guy sort of plasterboarding uh skimming a ceiling doing a bit of rendering etc etc and then at the end of that video I basically said to everybody in the room, is is this what you expected? Did anybody think it was going to be something different, et cetera? And we had a conversation, and, and, and at the back end of the conversation, it became apparent that two people didn't want to do plastering, you know. So I said, listen, now's the time to put your hand up and say, I don't want to be a plasterer. I said, because I'm not going to kick you off the course. I'm going to actually find you something that you want to do, you know. And, and literally two people put their hands up. And I put one into joinery. And I put one into, I think, brickwork. Or tiling, I think it was, actually. And about six months after, I'm walking across the yard. And this, this lad come up to me and he said, excuse me. I said, you don't know whether you remember me. He said, but you put me on a joinery course at the beginning of the year. He said, I just want to thank you because it's, you know, I'm absolutely loving it. And if I'd have done plastering, you know, I wouldn't have stuck at it, you know? So... There's a big thing in my eyes with sort of retention, retaining students and keeping them sort of engaged, <laughs> you know. But the first thing you, you've got to do is sort of explain what it is that you're doing, you know, and then what you're going to do, you know, and, and, and help them with the progression. And I, I didn't feel that was happening. So the leap of faith for me, you know, it, it was it was weird really because at the time uh, the, the, the college was asking for voluntary redundancies. Uh, and, you know, my, my job was safe, you know, and, and a couple of lads who I work with are still there now, you know, so I dare say I could have still been there now. But I actually volunteered, you know, and I said, I'll take it. And I said at the time, you know, I'm going to set up my own training centre. And to be honest, I didn't, have, I didn't have the money to do it. You know, it was a leap of faith, it really was. Uh, but I believed that I could actually do something better you know, and that that's where it started, really. So, was your was your vision always? You know, when we walk into the training centre here in Wakefield, a lot of people that come round and have a look at the training centre are really impressed with the street. Was that always your vision that you wanted to have the street with the real life scenario? Yeah, well, I mean, basically, uh, I I actually I actually met a, a guy who who at the time was running built its own uh, business with engineers. So I, I, I sort of stumbled into smart metering as an opportunity. But I actually met a really, a really good guy, uh, a guy called Gareth Openshaw from, uh, at the time, Trojan uh, Utilities. And and it was, it was like kindred spirits, you know. <laughs> he was very, very similar to me and passionate about the engineer side of things. And I was passionate about the training side of things. So 
you know, we actually sat together and he'd built his business reverse engineering the process of, of, of an engineer because he'd been an engineer and wasn't happy in, you know, he thought it could be done a lot better. So he built this an amazing business that, you know, really looked after the engineers, was really slick. And, and, and obviously we both recognised that there was going to be a shortage in the industry. So basically through some conversations, you know, I would ask Gareth, right, if, if basically you as an engineer, what would you expect? What would be good for you as an engineer, you know? And, and, and for me personally, I was like, if it was my experience, if I was going through a new training course and I knew nothing, I, I, I would want, you know, this, this uh, real life scenario. I'd want to work on stuff. I mean, basically I worked at the college and the college bears were all, you know, from a plastering point of view, flat walls, yeah. you know, joists that were even. And, and that's not reality. You know, your first plastering job, you could come to a Victorian house and the walls are all over the place and the ceilings are all over the place. And straight away you're thinking, well, it worked like it's in college, you know, so it's not reality, you know. So there were two things for me. Work, some work experience is, is, is key, but also going through uh, like a, a progression on your training journey. So, you know, your stage one is the early stages where you do want to, from a smart meter on a gas point of view, you want, and when you when you're soldering pipes, you want to be burning stuff. You know, it's there's no point in going in a training center that says, "Well, you can't burn in the bears because you know we're going to have to keep replacing it." That's not good enough <laughs> because because <laughs> that's what you do out on the job. So, yeah. so basically, we're trying to train you what you do on the job. So so the journey was really you know through my ideas through through Gazi's ideas was you know formulated over sort of six months and you know we we we, we started uh, a proof of concept center uh which was actually in clack eaton at the time so we, we got this proof of concept and you know literally built the center uh and then it was down to me then to <laughs> sort of take it to industry but I, again i believed in it you know I, I believed in i believed in what we were doing i believed the journey was the best journey within this smart arena uh, and yeah, before long we were, you know, we started getting some, uh, attracting some really sort of good clients and, and, you know, we had a new entrant, we, we were selling courses to get people into the industry, you know, for a good 12 months and obviously to bring some cash into the business. And then we realized then, uh, there was a turning point, uh, when we realized that we shouldn't be selling it to people. You know, there should be uh, an apprenticeship, you know, so we help support the apprenticeship with a, a guy, uh, ex-BG guy at the time, I can't think of his name, David. I think he's like the CEO of Bab Cops now, so, you know, a uh, switched yeah, on gosh. guy. That's it, David Marsh. Yeah, so he's, he headed the apprenticeship and obviously we supported it as a centre. And we, you know, started delivering apprenticeships because it was the right thing to do, basically. You know, we didn't want to be taking money off people and then if they couldn't get a job, they're saying, well, I've paid this money and I'm, I'm trying to do it, but I, I can't get a job. That doesn't sit right with me, you know? It's not yeah, about taking... Initially, I'm yeah, right in thinking on. that people would fund themselves through the training at Cleckheaton and then it, it developed into an apprenticeship where there was more employer-backed and there was a job at the end of it because people could originally go through the training and pay for the qualifications, but there might not be a job at the end for them. That was right, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, 
and you know, we did in fairness to us, you know, we we got everybody work placements and we did, you know, try, you know, that the, the percentage of people getting jobs was very high. Even if you've got, you know, a, a two, three percent of people that aren't getting work, that's not good enough. It's basically they've put all, you know, they might have borrowed money to do this course and then all of a sudden they, they're not working. It's not it just didn't sit right, you know. So we 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 did some uh we did some work with uh, Paul Mumford from such, you know, that was the turning point for us. He, he really believed in the uh, apprenticeship route and, and pushed that, you know, we, we took that to clients and, you know, got some big clients on board. Siemens being sort of the, the, the main client for that. Uh, and yeah, that sort of revolutionized the business really, you know, we went from there to opening the second center then, and, you know, eventually a third center, uh, and in, in fairness, I mean, it probably grew too quick, too soon, you know, from the, from, from the space of, from a standing start to within three years, having, you know, in essence, three centres and 65 staff was hard, <laughs> you know, quick as well. And, 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 and it did, and it did sort of the walls did come in at, at, at a point when the smart meter uh, programme was delayed and, you know, there's certain things out of our control. And a big thing for me was checking it, you know, we had a lot of staff that were the wrong staff for our business. You know, we was uh, quite dynamic and we, we took some, you know, some made some bad decisions on hiring the wrong people, you know, thinking that people who are qualified uh, are the right people. But it, it was more what we're trying to do, what we've learned now, as you know yourself, <laughs> obviously we've done a 360 now and sort of like, rebuilt the business and and the culture is right now so not only have we got qualified people we've got the right culture so you know there's been a you know sort of seven eight years in now there's been a big learning curve a massive learning curve but you know it's it's so pleased in what we've achieved you know within smart you know and obviously what we're going to achieve in in other industries you know i'm not ev and electricals uh, big industries for us you know and you know yeah. we've got a lot of experience and, and and i think the way we do things is basically the right thing to do <laughs> you know obviously i'm going to say that is but you know you, you look at how many people we've actually put into work now you know with the help of of search and other employers you know uh mds Ovo Energy, I mean, we've done all, all Ovo's training since day one on the apprenticeships. You know, we've, we've trained for SSE, uh, Morrison's Utilities, and, you know. Yeah, there's been a lot. I've probably what, missed some say, others out, but, you know. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot. I think, looking back, you know, you, you referenced there the three training centres. Would you say the biggest challenge has been the growth? Because you just alluded to it there that you had to grow quite quickly. You know, there's a demand sort of almost overnight when it took off. Was that the biggest challenge for you, the growth and having to sort of, you know, go from five members of staff yeah, to like yeah. 60 very quick? Yeah, it, it, it was massive. You know, I, I wouldn't do that again as fast, you know. Uh, again, you know, it, it, it was one of them just keep going, you know. I mean, to, to actually build these centres and, and do the amount of training that we did and in that space of time, you know, people, you know, used to walk around and couldn't believe it, couldn't believe what we'd achieved in such a short time. But that was always the ethos, just keep going, you know. I think just sometimes it's better to, to have one step back and, and, and look a bit more strategic rather than just, you know, sort of heading the clouds. 
but that was, that was the biggest learning curve. I mean, the biggest thing for me is is is, is the right people because you can have the best centres, you know, you can have you know the best centres in the country, but filled with the wrong people, it, it's just a pointless place, you know. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, lessons learned. I I would probably go a little bit slower and be a lot more thorough <laughs> with the process of of getting the right people on board. I mean, you look at uh, companies like Gymshark. I mean, I'm not comparing us to Gymshark, but in terms of what they've achieved, you know, it, it's built on this culture and, the, and, and and you look at their culture and how they treat the staff and the way they do things, you know, that that's, that's like really inspiring, you know. Yeah. And I think it's the way forward, you know, personally. What's your biggest accomplishment? Because, you know, there's been... There's been a lot that's happened over the last six or seven years um, through three training centres, you know, different staff, different companies that have worked with universal skills. For you, when you look back, what's been your biggest accomplishment? Uh, I think just just helping so many people, you know. If you, if you think we've probably trained and put over 1,000, 1,500 people into yeah. work, you know, that's probably more than most job centres around the country, you know. So I'd, I'd say that, you know. We've we've had people that were, you know, we've had ex-military leavers, we've had we've had all all, all sorts of, of people in all different ages from, you know, uh, young 20s to, you know, have we had uh, people in the sort of 50s and 60s? You know, it's yeah, just been, yeah. it's just been unbelievable, you know, and, and, to, to have somebody come in and it's changed the life. I mean, there's a lot of money in smart metering. You know, if you get into smart metering and you reskill yourself, you know, you're going from a lot of these people have been, you know, sort of earning 16, 18K a year. And then, absolutely. You know, what other job can, can basically give you a van, tools, and, and, you know, up to 30K a year for nothing, you know, funded. It's, it's, it's incredible, really. So, you know, obviously that for me, is is a massive achievement just the help that we've given people. We, I think we've helped so many people. You know, I met some great people along the way. You know, so I'd, I'd probably say the people I've met and with the people we've helped is, is the greatest achievement. That's good, and, and you're right. I think it's probably approaching two thousand now um, as we get towards yeah. the summer of twenty twenty one. It's almost 2,000 people that will have been helped to get jobs and into work and given new skills and have fantastic opportunities. Um, with this series, with, with the series that we're doing to kick off the, the podcast, we're looking at inspiration, as you know, and um, if you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice starting out, I know you've said maybe you'd take one step back and, and slow down a little bit, but to your younger self, what would be the, the one piece of advice you'd give yourself starting out in work? Well, like, like I say, for me, it was sort of a little bit later on in life. So I was like sort of, uh, sort of mid-30s when I set up this, you know, and it was only uh, going, working at the college, you know, from from being on the tools, it gave me basically confidence and belief. <laughs> and I think that's everything. You know, if I, if I could talk to myself as an 18-year-old, it would literally be to choose what you want to do, believe in it, and, and and it will happen, you know, just work hard. I think people people limit their beliefs in, well, I can't do that, or, you know, I, they, they, they sort of set themselves up to fail before they even start, you know, because they can't see a way. You know, I mean, I left college with no money, 
all tell her I sort of uh, about eight thousand pound redundancy to set up a training centre, you know. Yeah. And you'd be thinking that now logically, if you thought logically, you know, at the time, you know, two young children, <laughs> a mortgage to paying bills, you know, if I was if I thought logically about can I afford to set up a training centre? The answer would have been no, so I wouldn't have done it, you know? So I think I think it, you can do anything, you can achieve, and there's always a way, you know? Uh, so I, I would sort of give myself that talking to, <laughs> you know, the, the, there's no limits. Be prepared to put the work in. Believe in yourself. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's good. And is it, I love the story, I remember... Four years ago now, so this month, coming to look round Wakefield uh, and meeting you for the first time, and, and all I could <laughs> yeah, see was, was forklift well. trucks. Um, and you told me what you was going to do, and, and you did it. You know, you, you said, we're going to have a house here. This is going to be stage one. This is going to be stage two. And uh, and I bought into that vision, and it happened. And, um, you know, it's been, but, been incredible to uh, see. Yeah, but, I mean, again, as, as, a, as a classic example of, of somebody chomping at the bit for an opportunity, you know, yourself, and I said this to you on many occasions, not everybody wants an opportunity, you know. Some people will get an opportunity and, and turn it down because for whatever reason. So, you know, the opportunities are there. It, it, it's just, you know, you, when you came around the, uh, the, the centre, you know, I just in the passion, you, you, were, you were so enthusiastic and, and, and wanted to do it. You know, that's, that's what people want, you know. That's what people are looking for, some a bit of passion and enthusiasm and somebody who wants to. I'd rather have somebody who's passionate and enthusiastic as opposed to somebody who's done the job for 40 years and knows it all. I, 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 you know, that's one massive thing I've learned, you know. It, it, it's, you, can't, you can't buy that. <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can recruit people with qualifications, but you, you cannot, you know, give them the passion. So, I agree. and, and again, it's... Well, it's worked out right for yourself, hasn't it? I mean, you know, uh, again, running the centre now, I don't think, you know, I'll, the centre's never been as good, you know? And, and I think getting the right people, the right skill set, the right mindset, is just, you know, will take us to the next level. I appreciate you saying that, and I've said it to you recently, and, and I genuinely believe this, you know, it's great when I, when we show people around the training centre and, you know, they're in awe of the facilities, but our biggest strength as a company, as a training organisation, is is the people. And as you know, it's taken a while to get to that position where we've got a fantastic team. Um, but, you know, the team is fantastic and it'll continue to uh, evolve, I'm sure, over time. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll make it better and better. But finally, Dan, just to wrap things up, it's been really great, this. Um, but finally, where do you see the training going over the next few years? You know, where do you see it over the next sort of three years? you see many changes? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, with everything that's gone on with COVID and everybody being at home, you know, there is now a lot more stuff you can do online. I think people are more uh, open to, to doing more online than there was a couple of years ago. You know, I had an idea about four or five years ago about doing an online sort of platform. But, you know, again, it would <laughs> if we had to develop that back then, I don't think it would have been as successful as it as it would now. You know, just through through change that's happened uh, out of everybody's control. You know, we we as a company always look forward. 
you know, we're always looking for the next thing. We're always looking where we can add value. And, and you know, in terms of the space we're in with renewables and, you know, the EV, which again, we're early adopters of, of the EV uh, charging and, and already, a, a, you know, delivered significant courses on that. You know, I see, I personally, it's not going away. You know, you look at the government incentives and everything that's happening with uh, renewable energy. You know that that is, is is going to be our sort of our destination in terms of training from uh, renewables, electric. You know, you look at uh, the gas in terms of what's happening with the the different uh, technology that's coming out. You know, hydrogen, uh, hydrogen, and, and ground source heat pumps and things like that. So you know, it's exciting. It's exciting times, and you know, there's there's so many opportunities out there as well. You know, there there's so many opportunities. You know, for but for individuals that's new to this area, you know, that, that want to sort of train and get upskilled or want to, to cross skill, you know, there's opportunities to, to, to set up your own business or work for a company, you know. So it's, it's exciting, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's very exciting. And I think, you know, the future is going to be, it's going to be really bright. Brilliant. Well, it's been great to have you on, Dan. Thanks for taking the time out. And uh, Yeah, no, no worries. One. Thanks very much. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Speak to you soon. It was great having Danny on the first episode of the Future Skills Podcast. With lots of great guests lined up for the first series. So be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. And we'll speak to you all soon.